Hello, our podcast is about staying connected with the people of our communities, their families, businesses, special events, and personal life issues. This is Bethany and Dr. Sarah with Staying Connected in the Wiregrass. This is episode 15. We have a special guest with us today. So Dr. Sarah, I'm going to give it over to you so you can introduce our guest. All right. Well, hello to our listening audience. And we're so excited about just the opportunity that we have to share in another episode. And also, we have another guest with us, a very special guest. We are interviewing my husband today, Dr. Paul Hill. And we're going to just kind of give him some questions in relationship to taxes for personal and corporate taxes, because we know that we're entering into those seasons. However, we, we do know that there have been some challenges that people have faced because of the pandemic. So thank you, Dr. Hill, for joining us today. We truly appreciate you for accepting this invitation. And Bethany and I want to just ask you a couple of questions for our listening audience and ways that we can help them stay connected with understanding taxes and everything that applies to them that they kind of need to know for this upcoming tax season. So with that being said, I'm going to let Bethany give you the first question. Okay, this is a hard one. So what (laughs) made you get into accounting? Yeah. Well, when I was young, I thought about what I wanted to be, and I had entertained becoming a, a doctor, MD. But because of my faith, I kind of wrestled with that since I believe in healing. So I said, well, what is it that everybody needs? And I got to thinking, all businesses need an accountant. So that means that I should not be without a cash flow. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go with accounting. Yeah, that's a very good answer. Yeah, because that's something we have encouraged people to do to find a need. And you're the answer to people's problems, basically. Yeah, that is true. All right. So I have a question for you, kind of on the same lines as Bethany's question. How long have you been in accounting? Well, I've been in accounting for around 40 years. Oh, he's about to tell his business. (laughs) He's going to tell us, he's going to tell us some a little personal information there. So 40 years, wow, 40 years. Well, then you would almost say that this is kind of purpose-driven, huh? I've been in it for, it has taken care of me <laughs> for these years. Wow. Yeah, 40 years. That's something, huh, Bethany? Longer than, is that, that's longer than you've been living, isn't it? Uh, yep. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> I won't share my age. (laughs) We won't let him share his eyes. We'll let him keep it a secret. But 40 years, I mean, you've seen a lot of twists and turns in the field of accounting, I'm sure, in the world of taxes. Can you just share with us some of the, the things maybe, how it used to be? I tell you a very good question. How did you first begin preparing tax returns? 40 years ago, how were tax returns prepared? Well, we used to do it with, you, you pulled out the form, which was a piece of paper, and you took a pencil, <laughs> and you did all the calculations, and put it in pencil on the tax return, and sent it in to the government. Wow. It could be done in pencil. Then it changed to where it went to ink pen, and then you 
Then they start typing them, and, and from there it just changed. So now we are on the systems doing. Wow. Can you believe that, Bethany? Uh-uh. <laughs> it's probably a lot simpler mm-hmm. for you now with computers, right? Well, not really, because now I've had an opportunity. Uh, I do do taxes with him during from time to time during tax season. The difference is sometimes you get a lot of forms that are unnecessary. Mm. So the system just kind of makes stuff just so I guess they would say it's you pay this cost because you have all of these forms. But most of the forms you don't even need, although you have to still in some instances, go through uh, the process because of the program, how the program is designed. But in a lot of cases, you don't need all of the forms that are there. So it kind of takes up time. But if you are at 40 years in, like Dr. Hill, you pretty much can look at what a person uh, sends in. Like I would say when he first taught me, I would just look at what they had and then I'd know what forms that needed to be filled out. But I'm sure even still now, are they simplified? Have they simplified the process as far as preparing a person's tax return? Of course, you don't have to write it in anymore, but is it a more simplified form? Uh, Now it's gotten more complicated because they are asking for more of your internal information. Mm. And therefore, it takes more time to get it done now. So started out writing them, and now you have software that makes it a little bit more convenient but still somewhat complex, a little complicated because of all of the information. What type of taxes do you prepare? Uh, we prepare from individual tax returns, which some individuals are sole proprietors, uh, so they have a little business on the side. And then we do even corporate taxes, which might include what you call 1120 form for C corporation, or 1120S for S corporation, or 1065 for partnership or LLC. Uh, that's a multiple member LLC. And then there are what you call the nonprofits, which use a 990, churches 770. So it depends on the mm-hmm. type of return wow. you need, the multiple forms that that we have to be familiar with to be able to handle the, the customer or the client. That's a lot of forms. Yeah. I can that's, see that's why. Just the top forms. And those are just the top. Oh, wow. And that's just, a, you know, then you got your, all your sub forms, and each one of those might, you know, like the 1120, to prepare it, you got all kinds of schedules mm-hmm. that have to be attached to it to substantiate how you get to the figures in the first place. Same thing with the 1120S and nine, you know, so some of those, you might have 30, 40 pages that part of that return. Mm-hmm. And especially in the nonprofits, you have to really get, uh, have to be careful because of the type of organization that it is that requires a lot of um, more, I would say, computations in order for them to see if a person is really following the guidelines that's the government has said. Okay, wow. So you have to actually know tax laws too then. Oh, you, you should know the tax laws. I would say the tax codes as best you can mm-hmm. and how to apply them. All that does apply to it. And you can go to the, a lot of people know how to prepare forms or you need to know how to 
look at a corporation and know how to extrapolate the right information that's going to be beneficial to the, the owner or the stockholders of that particular firm so that they get a, uh, they're not paying unnecessary taxes simply because you didn't know about certain deductions that were available. Very good. Bethany, do you have a question? I do. What is the biggest misconception about taxes? Well, I would say the misconception is, well, that taxation is a fair practice, maybe. It's, it's based on the more you know about it, the better you can position yourself to not overpay taxes. And I will say that everyone should pay a fair share to help uh, afford the things that we want in life, such as good roads and and the uh, the infrastructure of this country. That's part of what where taxes are supposed to be spent. So in that case, the more you make, the more you should be able to help in those situations where the less fortunate can't. And, and that's where the issue comes in. I think a lot of times it's not thought of. You know, somebody always, a lot of people come up with, well, if everybody just paid this flat tax rate, well, it should be fair to everybody. But how can it be when there's a minimum cost that it takes for a human being to, be to live from? off of, but then, and, and say if that base is, say, $50,000, then why tax them when they just barely can live? So you might say anything over a certain amount with a, uh, a rise in ta tax rate somewhat so that it's fair to all of everybody because it's, it's, it's a certain amount that is always a basis to live from. I would also, if if I may add to that, I think there is another misconception that anybody can do taxes. That's why a lot of people end up in trouble because they really don't. Even just listening to all of the forms and stuff that you were just mentioning, a, a person who is just trying to go to work, come home, take care of themselves, take care of their families, it's, it's very difficult for them to educate themselves in knowing the tax code, the tax laws, how to apply them to their own personal tax returns and to just know even all of those forms. So I think another misconception is you could just go and buy a tax program or software and do your own taxes. What do you say about that, Bethany? Well, yeah, so me and my boyfriend, we used to do our taxes online like we'd buy a software for it and we'd always lose money every year like having to pay so much. So finally, we're like, let's get an accountant because we obviously don't know how to do taxes. Mm -hmm. So when we finally got an accountant, he actually told us that I had qualified for like a renter or something with rent. So I was actually, I could earn mm -hmm. money from that because of my salary and what I was making and everything. But that was something that we never would have learned from the software. So I was like, we probably lost so much money trying to do it on our own, whereas when we get the accountant, we're actually saving money because they can find those right. little loopholes and everything that we don't know because we never did taxes before. Yeah, that's a very good point. And Mr. Hill, I know, Dr. Hill, <laughs> in your 40 years, I know you've come across a lot of people who thought they could just do as Bethany said, her and her boyfriend, 
were doing at one point. And so sometimes people think that they cannot afford an accountant. What would you say uh, to those people? I think people cannot afford not to have an accountant mm -hmm. because generally let the accountant do what the accountant does. He understands the ins and outs of business and he can give you certain advice to help you with the proper structure that's going to help your type of business so that you can uh, have more money to utilize for uh, growing the business rather than for it to be going out, expensing it out in unnecessary areas. Uh, I've seen tax returns come back where a person they had to pay taxes. It was, in fact, they was getting ready to you know, send the check off, and then they wanted somebody else to take a second look before they mailed the check off, and they discovered that there were certain things that had not been considered by the novice who had done the taxes, and instead, uh, their tax return was about 20% less than what they had anticipated. So the person they had, they had already paid the other person, but the taxes that were saved uh, not only paid for the person who redid those taxes, but it put money back into the company. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of things you look at. Uh, even the ones, the individuals where they was only getting, uh, say, uh, X amount of dollars back and somebody, you know, looked at it who know what to do, they got a bigger refund. So that refund was able to not only cover the expense of that new person looking at the tax return and, and redoing it, but it put money in their pocket. So sometimes you do have to uh, be careful where you go. Mm -hmm. uh, that some of those, uh, what you call the franchise tax places, I've had the people who own the franchises bring the taxes to somebody like me for their personal, why they out there doing other people without knowing what to really do. They just fill out the form, ask certain questions, mm -hmm. fill out the form, and the taxes went off. Mm -hmm. And the people paid the consequence. Yeah. So, uh, not a uh, knowledgeable person. Yeah. And so basically um, what we're doing, Bethany and I with staying connected in the Wiregrass is, you know, letting people know that we're not telling you who to go to. We're not promoting Dr. Hill's um, accounting business. We're just trying to inform and educate people because we are entering into the time of tax season where we should start getting uh, certain things together um, so that when we do take them in, you know, even if you just spoke to an accountant to kind of let you know and give you some guidance, I think that that's a good thing to do. But this is truly a time where, you know, you want to get back everything that you can to as a refund because a lot of people have been uh, suffering financially and struggling uh, during this pandemic. So we're just trying to inform our listeners and to let them know that we're looking out for you when it comes to um, taxes and um, whether it be personal or um, corporate uh, business taxes. So I know that you have another question for our guest today, Dr. Hill. Go right ahead, Bethany. Dr. Hill, do you know if we will be taxed on the stimulus checks that we received this year? From what I'm hearing, that has not been totally decided yet. Um, 
at one time they were talking about uh, making it more or less kind of from a grant perspective, and that's it, along with the other stimulus uh, things that they came out with. But they left an opening just in case they needed to tax it. Now, they've done the stimulus before back in the day, and you got the stimulus, and the next year that those funds were taxable. That was called additional income, so you had to claim them on your following year's taxes as income. You never know what we're facing yet because uh, I know last year out of the 40 years or more that I practiced, uh, some of the changes that, that took place and then last year was something that had never been seen by us accountants for in, 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 the, in those years of practicing because of the way they decided to change up taxation. And I won't get into a lot of that, but there's a lot of changes that was made that hurt a lot of people that do taxes well, that, that file taxes who they were a little surprised the money they had to pay because they were not apprised of it early enough to even reposition themselves. And those are the things that you learn in taxes. It's the strategy of the type of entity that you're running if you're a business. Each one has advantages and disadvantages. And if you know your type of business, you can know which type of entity to run under that can be to your advantage. But if you don't know uh, the, what, the, what the game plan is, then you kind of can lose out on a lot of uh, uh, profits that would help you to keep your business going. Now, let me ask you this, because I, um, you know, I've noticed, too, that there are times when um, some information you don't get as far as the tax laws. When, when do you know uh, when some of those laws have come into effect? Well, generally, it's in the fall that your uh, IRS agents and whatnot take the classes and they get updated to it. And then generally, late November, December time frame, uh, the preparers are able to take courses or certain uh, presentations that that's, that's offered for them to learn the new changes that have come in for tax preparation and the new laws that have been ushered in and new uh, the deductions that they are allowing, and then those kind of changes. Mm -hmm. But when it comes, so if it's toward the end of the year, you might have a, a few weeks to make some adjustments on your company. Or you might say, let me go ahead and issue out some bonuses to help others just to, not for the corporation not to take the hit, but the bonuses will help the people and everybody kind of win, but if you don't find that information out until the following year, and that's one of the things that happened, uh, and once it crossed the line into January, you can't do nothing about making any kind of adjustments because you're into the next year, mm -hmm. and you can only go on what happens in that year. So that's why it's so important to get the information 
as early as possible before the year has expired so you can make a decision of how to close out your books, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a question, Bethany? It's your turn. <laughs> um, when should we start to file taxes or start talking to accountants? I would say generally right after Thanksgiving might be a good time. Uh, sometimes just before Thanksgiving might be a little early if uh, the revenue officers or whatnot haven't really, really flushed out everything that says coming from the executive branch of the government as to the new laws and whatnot that might affect everybody. But generally they should know and uh, sometimes right at the beginning of December. So that's a good time, that first and second week. Now, you start getting past that, it might be that some accountants might want to go on vacation. No, but <laughs> you, know, you might not can get to see them in time so mm-hmm. you can make your adjustments. Mm-hmm. So you have to have the adjustments made mm-hmm. before the year expires. So that's why you need to talk to them before. Now, certain things, if you uh, haven't been in business alone, you should have been talking to them maybe back for the, for the last three or four months, you know. That, that last quarter, you should be trying to talk to them before the last quarter comes in, and that's October the 1st is the last quarter. Mm-hmm. So sometime in September. That's if you have a business. If you have a business. Okay. Okay, but if you do not, and this is your personal, then you're saying in November, right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, because you might, at that point, uh, if you got the four ones, you might want to put more money in it. Although, they will let you do some of those programs uh, before you send your taxes in. They'll let you go ahead and do it as long as it's in the, you've made that, that transaction before the April the 15th date. Okay. Okay. They'll, they'll let that be retroactive, but not most, most things they want. Oh, okay. So that's one of the reasons why you definitely need to speak with your accountant. So if you're trying to make certain financial transactions, you need to run it by uh, him or her so that they're able to give you guidance as to your tax consequences of making that decision. I know when um, when we work together, years ago when I first started doing taxes with you, a lot of the clients would come in and talk about like their 401ks. But I also noticed that you had, you were scolding quite a few of them about, because they were getting early distribution penalties. And you were kind of letting them know that they should have come in and talk with you a lot sooner so that you could have given them some guidance. So that's basically what you're referring to. I'm referring to that. Okay. So now, uh, what are some tax tips that you would give to just maybe four? We'll, we'll do an even number. I think one tip, uh, tax tip is this. Don't be shy in talking about the money you make outside of your job. Mm, because good. a lot of times it might be to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you should be a good citizen and report that. And report that, but then find out how can it work to your advantage. Mm-hmm. So that that's one thing you want to talk to accountant about. Very good. Because it might be that rather than be a sole proprietor, you might want to be uh, have a little corporation that gets a different look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
different write-offs, and those kind of things. So talk to your accountant. Tip number two, you know, you might be saying, well, uh, I want to have a child. Well, it might have been a good idea to have that child born as, as close to the last part of the year. <laughs> so, so, you know, if you're doing the plan, some people try to, right. so, you know, if you're going to plan, well, get busy mm-hmm. and have the first part of the, that following year. So that, that child you hear that, Bethany, when that you get year. ready to have children. I bet. Going to plan accordingly. <laughs> Because it's a whole difference between being born on December 31st and January the 1st. Oh, my goodness. That's a, that's a whole... Wow, a day different. A yeah. day difference. With, and, you know, the money that you know you would need. Yeah, to buy yeah. diapers and formula. <laughs> <Absolutely>. Wow. <laughs> All but, right, tip number three. But then, again, you might want to make certain donations to your favorite charities. You want to do it uh, in that month of December so that you can write it against your taxes. Since you are a giver, then give at the right good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, let me ask you this before you say uh, tip four. Is there a certain uh, limit as to, or is there a cutoff as far as uh, charitable donations? Yeah, they have uh, certain donations now. You can only get, uh, they, they begin to break it down in percentages. I'm not for sure what it's going to be for the upcoming year because it changed even for last year for 219 versus 218. So there has been some rapid changes, so I dare not even okay. try to. Uh, but it, it is changing from one area, say donation to the church versus donation of clothing. There's a certain different percentage that they would let you write off of that value. Mm-hmm. Where at one time it used to be, if whatever you gave to was uh, basically the same percentage. Okay. And that was based on the income, et cetera, et cetera. So you just have to remember, though, to get receipts from those charitable businesses or organizations that you donate to. Make sure you get your receipt. Absolutely. Okay. And number four. There we go. <laughs> you all that like to travel to Mississippi. To Florida, or New York, or to uh, Michigan. Those, uh, lottery situation. Oh no! Okay, well then, no, not Michigan or New York. No, all of those. Yeah, those they are those states have lotteries. <laughs> you will get taxed on your winnings. Oh. However, for all those tickets that you did buy, mm-hmm. you can use that expense against those winnings. But if you cannot find the tickets and you oh. cannot find your uh, receipt that you have been spending money trying to win. <laughs> uh, for instance, I know one uh, client, I use that example, they, they won $5,000 and all they needed to do is all that money that they spent trying to win and it doesn't, you know, whatever category, doesn't matter if you are into that and you won uh, through the, the gambling system. I'm talking about the legitimate state uh, systems. Mm-hmm. You can write those off against it. So the five thousand, and if you got four thousand nine hundred dollars worth of tickets that you lost, then you're only going to get taxed on a hundred dollars. 
But now, if you cannot find none of your tickets, you're getting taxed on the full 5000 Oh, wow. But they do have a record of the 5000 They're not trying to keep records of, the, <laughs> of what you spent money on. They're hoping you won't find those tickets. So let me tell you, collect all those tickets and have them always in a bag throughout the whole year. Collect them up. Put them in a shoebox somewhere. If you do a whole lot of gambling, get a great big... You know, mailing box, you know. <laughs> but say those tickets, those dubs, so that uh, if you get audited, you can always have that available so you can show them. I spent X amount of dollars to, and I did win this amount, and they would deduct that from the amount you want and then tax you on on the overage. Oh, well, that seems fair. I know one thing uh, right before I give it uh, over to uh, Bethany, my children, when they were younger, my husband would always tell them not to throw away receipts. You know, mm -hmm. keep your receipts. They would always, they still keep their receipts, but they practice that because record keeping, you know, where you spent, not just for taxes, but also for bank reconciliation so that you can keep track with what you spent and where you spent it and always be able to reflect that to other important records. So that's a good one right there. I'm, I, I'm thinking some people may not have known that, but that, that tip, all of the tips, of course, are good. But I like that number four, although I don't play, you know, I don't play numbers or the lottery or anything like that. But when people do, at least they're getting something back and not losing it all. So I thought that's a pretty good tip. So, Bethany, did you have anything else for Dr. Hill? I just have one more question that you kind of answered earlier on. What is the main difference between a personal and business taxes? Personal is just taking care of your W-2 income when you work for a company and they uh, withdraw taxes or withhold taxes from your check. And then you go ahead and file and see if you had, uh, if you own a home or engage to your churches and whatnot, you can file a Schedule A to reduce uh, the taxable amount uh, for certain things. So uh, that's for personal things. Now, for uh, if you have a business, then there are other things. You can write out the expenses of your receipt. When you go to work, uh, when you work a nine to five, you go to you cannot work uh, right out those your traveling expenses back and forth to work. But if you have a business, you can whatever it takes for you to make the money for a business, you get to write off the expenses to make that money. So that that's one of the things. And it, it, it's it's kind of hard to sum it up in, in on a forum like this, but mm -hmm. there's a lot more too. That's why someone needs to see an accountant. Yeah so that they can tell them how to be profitable by not overpaying and understanding the tax laws so that you can at least not overpay in taxes. Yeah. But you should pay your fair share. Mm -hmm. Right. Also, the preparation process is um, different, too. There are so many uh, different forms. Um, but we certainly want to thank you for um, allowing us to interview you today to get very important information. Although I've known quite a bit about taxes, you know, being, being with you, seeing you 
go to work every day, especially during tax season, I still feel like I've kind of had a refresher's class today. It's very seldom do I get a chance to sit down and talk with you about business. So this interview was really good, at least about taxes and stuff. Is the accounting field something that you would encourage others to entertain or to go into? I think there is a shortage of good accountants that's out here. And people need to really understand the value of having a good accountant. So generally, the money he saves you can take care of him and put more money in your pocket. Generally, that is what would happen unless you yourself are a good money person. But if you don't know how to do projections and read the uh, what they call the tea leaves uh, of your books, then that's it. A general accountant can already tell you a lot of times, whoa, you know, you got to make some adjustments because the way you're going, at the end of the year, you're going you know, to have a mess. So you need to make some adjustments in your business practices so that you can be profitable. So those kind of things that a person needs to think on as they trying to run their business and do the work of an accountant also or just take it and hand it off to the person at the end of the year. At the end of the year, it's already too late, especially if you turn it into the following year. In January, it's too late to make any adjustments. Very good. Well, we have certainly enjoyed this opportunity, and I know that um, Dr. Hill is always, I'm speaking for him, but I'm speaking, <laughs> he is going to agree with what I'm saying. He has always looked forward to helping to mentor young people in the field of business, not just young people, I shouldn't say that, but especially young people. He has a passion for young people to just kind of help rear them, you know, in, in helping them to discover if they want to do business, the types of businesses that they want to do. And even though you, you talked a lot about the business aspect of it today, too, I appreciate that. But I know on the personal side of it, you also help people to determine when they could buy a house and, you know, stuff like that. And sometimes I think we don't think that, that an accountant knows all of that. And so I agree that there's a shortage of good accountants. And so if you are out there and, you know, you are considering this field, this is a good field for you to go into. Get yourself someone that will mentor you, to help lead you and guide you while you are educating yourself. Because I was telling Bethany, what did Kevin go to school for, Bethany? Mechanical engineer. Which is also what Dr. Hill started out doing. Oh, interesting. And then he went, to, yeah, and then he went into design engineering and then he was in, you were going to school at the same time right for your accounting degree that was, that's the first thing I started going for the accounting oh you went first for the accounting so while you were doing that then you were you know decided to do engineering while I was at it oh okay yeah so that's something that they have in count in uh, in common is that mechanical uh, engineering aspect and you know it's just the way that engineers think Yes, it is unique. Um, and that's something a lot of times I think people don't know, like personalities, how they connect with what a person does and how they communicate and stuff. So that's a special gift. That's not something that I'm claiming. 
<laughs> it takes a real special person to be able to have that visualization and that ability, you know, to see three dimensional and all those dimensions. And so it's just been really good, you know, today's interview. Thanks, Bethany, for, you know, allowing us this opportunity, you know, to just do this and to connect with the people again of our community. Of course, I've learned a lot, too. <laughs> Have a new knowledge for taxes. (laughs) We'll have you back again, maybe next quarter. So you can kind of just give us some ideas and let us know how things are going with this new tax season. Would that be okay with you? All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to episode 15 of Staying Connected in the Wiregrass. Brought to you by the Radio People.